0: Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahneman. Thanks for listening. Thanks to me. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing and following. It's Justin Honneman on the ContenderCast for shining a light on bright ideas. It's 8 o'clock here in Atlanta. And I don't get to do many round the world interviews. And I am so excited about this one. I just have to tell you, we are going to talk all about e-commerce. We're talking about digital, but we're going to talk about it from the mindset of the Chinese market, believe it or not. It's going to be so cool. Um, If you have not explored this space, you're going to love our guest today. Um, Ashley Dudanik is on today. She's amazing. She's a Chinese digital expert, serial entrepreneur, founder of Allery's Digital Market Agency. She's written some books that are amazing. We're going to talk about today. But Ashley, it's so great having you here on the podcast.
1: Justin, it's a delight. Thank you so much for having me.
0: I'm glad you're here. I, I mean, this is one we've been planning for a couple of weeks. For those who don't know, I mean, like trying to organize calendars, <laughs> <laughs> right? It's not that easy. Um and I'm so excited that you're here. And, you know, I was thinking back, we've done, I don't know if you know this, but we've almost 500 episodes. Um, we really haven't ever focused on the market that you're the expert in. And I just can't wait because, you know, a lot of our guests and the listeners just don't know enough about the area that you work in every day and that you've been in. So um, I can't wait to unpack that. Let's do this. For those that don't know the you, though, how about share a little bit of it, your background, how you even got into this world?
1: Yeah, well, I moved to mainland China when I was 17 years old. And uh, it was extremely exciting because back in 2005, 2006, You know, China was a market where Facebook was still on, Google was on, right? And (laughs) they had this huge social media revolution um, because there were a lot of local channels as well. And uh, essentially from having no smartphones to having smartphones, from having no mobile payments to having a lot of mobile payments, from having like international and local players to having only local players, but with a lot of features that build on, you know, Western uh, counterparts, but evolved also very locally it was basically the most exciting i would say social media digital e-commerce whatever space as a student in mainland china because i studied e- economics in uh, mainland chinese university i bought virtually everything from virtually <laughs> my outfits my my computers my, my books online and it was you know taba all that time and amazon was 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 still kind of awakening in the rest right? of the world um, so, yeah, easy. and and uh, starting there, uh, seeing how it was born, yeah, um, I connected my professional life with it, and essentially uh, bridging China and the world, you know, learn from China and learn for China.
0: Wow. Um, author of a couple of Amazon bestsellers, Unlocking the World's Largest E-Market, which we're going to talk about today, uh, Digital China, Working with Bloggers, Influencers, and... In- KOLs,
1: K-O-Ls. <laughs> key opinion leaders. So in Thank China you. <laughs> China and China, we don't call them influencers. <laughs> They're they
0: <are> KOLs. K-O-Ls. <laughs> oh my gosh. See that's a, you everyone just learned something right there. And new retail born in China going global. I mean like a, a unbelievable content. Um okay, so you decide you're going to dive into this space, you're an entrepreneur and you also help others. I mean, how did you decide what you were going to build? Where'd you start?
1: Um you need to actually spend some time you know because when you launch a business especially if it's a you know consulting business it's services you have an idea you think you know what people want but then it takes about in my experience 3 years to actually figure out what does the market want what do the customers want what what is really that you know niche that you are going to occupy and china is changing we say china speed which is much, much, much faster than the rest of the world. So you need to be (laughs) able to evolve together with it. Um, So yeah, when we started, I was like, okay, uh, it's going to be, I didn't want to be in marketing because I knew marketing, there's a lot of marketing agency. Nobody back then believed in social media. Nobody really believed that marketing is going to be digital. You know, it was all about CRMs and spamming people with emails and all (laughs) that was marketing Um, and beautiful banners outside, offline banners. Uh, But, um, you know, slowly and gradually, it was from, OK, for China consultancy, basically how to do business um, and sell in the China market. Then it evolved into specifically social media, how to sell on social media, how to sell through social e-commerce. And right now we're focusing exactly uh, on that. yeah. China consumer journey, which is evolving constantly and is driving innovation globally. Technology already exists. But how do you actually implement it in the market? Nobody but China does it the most um, you know, kind of vigorously right now. They are <laughs> mentally. There's a lot of stuff to learn, right?
0: <laughs> I didn't think I'd meet many people with as much energy as I have, but I mean Ashley does. Um, and I'm not like fast forwarding. <laughs> She's scrolling. I mean, like, oh my god, I love it. So um, okay. So, Ashley, talk about e commerce in China. What's different about it? Like, t- you know, you you see the markets around the world, like, what's unique about the e commerce market in China?
1: ecosystems. It's the fact that we're not talking about individual companies building some omni-channel uh, you know, presence and giving you some opportunities to meet your consumers halfway. In China right. right now, we're talking about the new retail, which is based on ecosystem. New retail, it means online merging offline and the other way around it yep. means one channel plus all other channels are connected through data and focused on the consumer so ultimately companies such as alibaba uh, or tencent plus jingdong or you know bite dance so all tech companies in china they are not building just a service like oh i'm a social media company and i make my, my money by uh, you know selling ads and eyeballs etc they are building a huge comprehensive ecosystem of services to provide to brands that want to meet their consumer in online and offline space any time, so it's basically there are nine elements of what is new retail ecosystem, and each company in the space is building all those capabilities. And because wow. China is obviously a huge market, right? So they can they can totally. launch a product, a tech product. They don't <laughs> need the rest of the world. It's good to have the rest of the world, but, <laughs> but they, they don't need of,
0: it because they have such a big market. <laughs>
1: absolutely. Actually, last year in two thousand twenty-one, China retail like retail the whole country's retail for the first time uh, over 50 percent was done online okay so that's the first country in the world where retail was completed transactions completed online and we're talking about groceries we're talking about buying apartments we're talking about yeah so i'm not talking about buying clothes and buggies for your kids etc so essentially it's really about ecosystems and i'd love to tell you more about them
0: I love that. Well, we're going to explore that further. So one of the things in your book, New Retail, I thought was interesting is you make this comment that omnichannel is a dead concept because it's been replaced by a unified channel. Talk about what that means.
1: So uh, omni-channel, essentially, in this uh, original kind of traditional sense, it's all about, okay, as a brand, let me be everywhere. Let me be online, offline. Let me be on Amazon and on Facebook. And let me be on YouTube Live as well. So it's not about being everywhere. It's really... Um, partnering with a tech company that has an ecosystem, you enter this ecosystem and through the use of data, new technology, new content, new um, retail concepts that are happening online or offline. For example, offline, there are these little beacons that track people's micro-emotions, et cetera, and get you a better understanding of who you are dealing with. Plus, new logistics, new manufacturing, new daily services, new finance, and all of that, together with data, is driving you forward when it comes to your understanding of the consumer journey, what clients want, etc. And you are not somebody who invented a product product and right now sells a product through this, you know, omni-channel. No, you're constantly communicating with your customer. You're co-creating products. You're co-creating consumer journeys. You are co-creating marketing scenarios with them together. And this is the power of it, right? It's really about unifying both the channel, the consumer uh, participation in it, and you as a brand.
0: So do brands need to think differently when they go to market in China versus other parts of the world in terms of their omni-channel strategy or their e-commerce strategy? And or do they need to almost have like a separate part of their business focused on it because it seems so different?
1: Absolutely, they do. Because when they come, I mean, the biggest mistake that brands do when they come to the mainland China market, like, okay, we have our American kind of you know um, model that worked and we know what our i don't know rois are etc let's try to make it as close to that as possible because this is the winning formula. Well, maybe it is the winning formula in the US and maybe you can even successfully take part of that learning and implement in many other markets that work similarly. But mainland China is like virtually, you're like Alice in Wonderland. You kind of find yourself in the forest, but that's not a normal forest. Suddenly a <laughs> caterpillar spe- speaks back at you. You know, <sighs> And, and this, this is what people uh, right now, I think, understand more and more they understand, they know China is different, they've heard it so many times, but they still don't know how to act on it, right? Because they feel, okay, shall I just be on Alibaba? Right. Or can I just sell on Doin Live? Yeah, which is TikTok Live. And they really don't see it as a, which ecosystem am I going to join? And how am I going to leverage this ecosystem to co-create with my customers? And actually a lot of companies right now, um, you know, European companies, American companies, they move their innovation centers global innovation centers to mainland China. Why? Because the future of commerce, the future of mobility, et cetera, et cetera, are not being built in places like Germany and, uh, you know, Texas. Very <laughs> often they're being built, nothing against Germany and Texas, but <laughs> right. very often they're being built in, you know, China and uh, APAC.
0: Right. Ashley's husband's from Germany, by the way. Um, <laughs> it's so great. Um so let's talk about you. one of the things you talk about, are the four C's you need to deliver in new retail. Uh, share with us a bit about that. What does that look like? And like, how do you think about that?
1: Absolutely. So the four C's essentially are consumer centricity that everybody knows. Yeah. We need to focus on customer first. Secondly, convenience. So people, are their attention spans are getting, uh, you know, more and more, basically shorter and shorter. And we really need to make sure everything is conveniently accessible. Um, You can discover the brand easily. You can purchase easily, et cetera. Customization, um, because you co-create with your consumer, you cannot just sell them products that you invented. You need to make it specifically for the person for that scenario available right now. And finally, the contribution. So essentially, how do you connect technology and how do you create those feedback loops between both the ecosystem and also the customer so that you as a business can move in unison with them? And again, China is pulsating very fast. Yeah, so you cannot innovate. You cannot have a nine-month innovation cycles or 18 months or whatever. In Shenzhen right, which is just across the border from Hong Kong, you can create a prototype of almost anything. How long do you think it takes to create a prototype of almost any product?
0: Not very much time there. Probably pretty Uh, fast, right? I bet quickly. (laughs) That's what I think.
1: Four hours. Oh, my gosh. If you're willing to pay for it, I'm not saying that it's cheap and you go to a factory, but you go to 3D factory, they can produce, I do not know, a prototype of a mouse or a prototype of a, I do not know,
0: a a phone or whatever. (laughs) A mouse. Got it. Yep. Hours. Wow. Yeah. I mean, we've had many guests on there talk about prototyping products. You know, We've talked about plastic products and the time it takes to send over a, a design, get Get the prototype back. I can, but you, if you're there, it can happen very quickly. Um, what about the concerns of operating in China? You, you often hear companies talk about the whole idea that whatever happens in China, I've got to keep my data inside the country yeah. um, versus having it kind of rolled up to a broader um, ecosystem or cloud platform. What, what are some of the concerns of operating in China? How do you address those?
1: Absolutely. Uh, So data in China is to be stored in China. Yeah. And there's a lot of um, obviously checkpoints there. Um, You cannot use that for anything else. Why? First of all, uh, it's not really a global kind of uh, China internet is still uh, a really closed kind of ecosystem. It's like Galapagos, right? It's it's, it's it's an island and there are those unique, strange animals in Galapagos that don't exist anywhere else, which True. makes it unique, which makes it something we can learn from. Yeah, we can learn about evolution of where, for example, our animals are going to or where they came from, etc. But uh, you cannot reuse that data. Um, within mainland China, you can, however, uh, connect primarily things that are um, within one ecosystem. So, for example, if you want your Alibaba ecosystem and you want your Tencent ecosystem to work very closely together, and, for example, you want to have this uh, exchange of data and build one consumer profile that travels from one ecosystem to the other seamlessly, that China will be offering in about three years from now. Right now, they are not offering that because for the longest time, companies like Alibaba, they were protecting vigorously their walled gardens yeah they didn't want anybody else to come in and uh, you know take it out pull it out right now china government as many of you have probably heard uh, in the past i would say 18 months they've been going through a big regulatory uh, sweep uh, when it comes to tech and it will continue for another 18 months and one of the, the, their focus areas was okay how to break down those walled Uh, gardens, how to make sure that it's consumer first rather than our company collecting all the data and then basically forcing, um, you know, uh, brands and retailers into unfair competition or into just one part of it.
0: Sure. That's so interesting. And so a lot to think about. Right. And you you need someone to help you navigate that. Right. And that's, that's something you do really well. Um. As you think about, you know, product companies outside of China, they, they see China and they go, my gosh, I mean, what an amazing market. I mean, it seems like the sales there could be um, just off the charts. What mistakes do you see entrepreneurs make trying to get into China and what things do the, the winners do well? In other words, give us a perspective of the ones that come in with the wrong perception, the wrong approach, and then those that really do it right. What does that look like?
1: Absolutely. So the first point is are you serious about china as i said it is galapagos you're not going to go there and do the thing that you've been doing you know by the in- way
0: i haven't been to galapagos but i do want to go there it's <laughs> on my list i really do
1: <laughs> i'm not from galapagos i'm not uh, hired by their tourism board but uh, <laughs> yeah so basically it's it's a very unique place you need to know whether china is important for you is it your most important development market in the next year or two or three if sure. so do it If not, it's too expensive and too difficult and too different, just drop it, wait until you're ready. Um, Number two, Is there demand or room for your brand? Because a lot of people feel like, okay, I've got this awesome product. Let me come to China. Well, China has a lot of stuff. People are so spoiled. You can't imagine. People are spoiled for choice with local brands, international brands, and China is innovating very quickly. So there are new things happening all the time. You cannot bring your last year's research about your space and say, oh, and now I'm ready to launch. I'm sorry, (laughs) in the past 12 months, a lot of things changed. So make sure that you are... You know, you are aware that, yes, there is space. And you can look at, uh, you know, you can look at e-commerce data. For example, on Alibaba, all e-commerce data is open. It's a free source. So you can go and actually stock your competitors and see how much are they selling, what are their best sellers, etc etc. And then um, you definitely need to make sure that you have, you know, all the proper partners. In China, you need at least three partners. One is a law firm because you need to set up yourself properly. That's very obvious. Number two is a TP partner. So TP partner can well, what is a TP uh, yeah,
0: partner? Yeah,
1: it means Taobao partner. In other words, it's a trade partner. In other trade words, partner, it's an online it. distributor. So what do they do? They have big live streaming studios. They have huge um, um customer service uh talent pool, and they are helping you sell in China. Very important differentiator from the rest of the world. In China, more than 70% of online sales are happening through assisted service. So it's not okay. that I go to Amazon and I, I, I see a T-shirt and I just buy it. No, right. in China, they go, they see a T-shirt, they're going to ask. They're going to say, mm, is there this but in a different color? Can you change the buttons? Or are you going to give me a discount? So it's assisted purchase. So your e-commerce operation yeah, or new retail operation needs to consider a lot, a lot of things. Plus, of course, we have live streaming as a big channel right now, also on platforms such as, you know, uh, Tmall. Taobao. So you need to have live streaming studios with people sitting there and selling food. So all that, everything that ends in transaction, is done by a TP partner. And then of course you need a marketing agency because in China, I mean the whole marketing is social media. You you need to be creating content. You need to be a part of the conversation. And then um, the the other step is make sure that you have a very cool name. You need a nickname. <laughs> China? Yes. yes, But wait,
0: wait. A name that I would understand or a name that works in that geo?
1: Yeah, the name that they would understand. And it's not just about choosing a Chinese name because obviously most of the searches in China happen in Chinese and that includes brand names. So even Nike, It's not Nike. Yeah, they're using Nike. There is a Chinese, basically, they they search with characters. So you need to have a really cool, clear, understandable Chinese name. But apart from that, you need to have a nickname. Nickname is something that your customers will call you behind your back, which is not your brand name. So, for example, it can be, you know, Uh, You have this cream, and this cream is called uh, Morning Shine, uh, you know, in Chongqing, for instance. Sure. And that's the name. Morning Shine in Chongqing becomes your nickname. And online, on social media platforms, e-commerce platforms, everybody's using that. Um, The next step is to really figure out where are you going to be doing business uh, in terms of uh, is it going to be just uh, Alibaba ecosystem, Tencent ecosystem, et cetera, et cetera, or not? And that is... This is basically business modeling. You need to speak with them. You need to know how much it costs. It's it's a lot of setting up to do, and you're not going to make money, guys, for the first 18 months. No.
0: Right. You got to just get up and running, right?
1: Absolutely. And then it's all about, you know, building a marketing matrix and uh, making sure that you deliver outstanding customer service. So that's how you launch in China successfully. And uh, yeah, I think some of those pointers are obvious, others are not.
0: Right. I mean, um, you're obviously the expert in the space. Uh, oh, by the way, 80,000, 81,000 followers on LinkedIn, which is amazing. <laughs> um, and so many awards for your work around the uh, that geography and just going to market. Uh, but he, let's talk about you for a moment. Did you always plan to make this kind of your brand? In other words, like (laughs) the books, the speaking, the agency, the consulting, like it's become, it's the Ashley brand, right? I mean, you've built something here, which is really, really incredible. Like, did you plan that when you started? Or has that just evolved over time?
1: Yeah, when I just started, I did not really plan to do that. But as I Uh, set out on my entrepreneurship journey, I learned from other success stories. I'll give you an example. Back in the day, uh, for the first time, I was invited to join this uh, Alibaba uh, influencer group. So it's a group of about 12 people uh, uh, that join 1111, China's biggest e-commerce festival, right? Uh, Happening on November 11th. And we are not, yeah, we are not um, uh, like media. We are experts that are joining and we have access to all the cool people like Joe Tsai, et cetera, et cetera. And then <laughs> I was the youngest and the only, uh, I was one of the few women there and I was the youngest person there and I was the only person there without a book. So wow. after I came back from that, I was like, oh my God. I got
0: yeah, to have a book. I got to have a book. I got
1: to have a book. So then I wrote a book, the first one, second, <laughs> third one, et cetera. And then, you know, you also look at how the world is changing right now in business and you understand that nobody cares about brands. Um, in the B2B world, everybody cares about other people. So for example, how many people follow Virgin Atlantic? Not so many, but how many people follow Richard Richard Branson? Branson. Millions of people, right? So um, you as the representative, essentially you as an entrepreneur, you have the a role that you might choose or might choose not to take, which is the representative of your brand and you are the brand name and you must carry that forward. And you, if you position yourself as an expert, you need to share, but the best way to market is to teach. Just teach other people your best tips, Share with them freely, and people will remember you. That's what creating community is all about. So I've learned it all along the way, but nothing has been more impactful for my business than really building that community, or some people call it personal brand. I like to call it reputation. It's sure, just professional reputation in the digital world. And through that, right now, all of our you know customers, inquiries, et cetera, they come to us we don't reach out to say hey guys coca-cola do you want to work with right. us and they come to us which is really so
0: cool. amazing uh, others though i i know people are listening and going yeah i mean i'm trying to build my following or i'm i'm trying to build my brand or i'm trying to be an influencer like where do people fail like what what's the what what is the biggest mistake or two that they make you know what I mean? Trying to head down that path—is that they're not offering something of value? Is it they're not giving uh, enough of giving enough away without it being perceived as like it's all about me? Like, what have you seen from that perspective?
1: Well, I think a lot of people are trying to become influencers. That's the biggest problem. You, you, know, <laughs> right. you, you, need, you need to share. You need to share meaningful uh, content insight beyond exactly. obvious content about your professional area. It doesn't matter what it is but you shall not try to be liked i'll give you an example when i just started and as you can hear i'm a fast speaker when i just i love it
0: that's it's energetic too it's awesome
1: recording videos i was like okay how can i you know not please everyone but how can i you know maybe adjust my style a bit better so i was asking for feedback and then a lot of people told me actually you speak too fast maybe you need to slow down then I started to edit myself and that just didn't work in three weeks. I was like, okay, no, that doesn't work. If somebody work. can get my, you know, kind of energy and understand what I'm talking about, that's great. If not, there are many other people that offer, you know, advice, information, etc. So don't try to be an influencer. It's not really whether you write well or you record video as well. It's not really about how you speak. It's what is the value that you deliver. That's number one. Number two it's all about consistency. A lot of people give up too quickly. They're like, "Okay, I've done it for a month. Great. But that's I don't not have enough. the
0: followers. No one is following, yeah, tagging exactly. me and resharing exactly. my posts."
1: Exactly. When I just started, um, I was uh, recording those, you know, videos and sharing this insights 5 days a week for 4 months. And nothing was happening. Nothing. <laughs> I did it. I did it on LinkedIn. I did it on YouTube, on Facebook. Right. because I was testing social media platforms. What will work best? And suddenly, one of the videos went. I. I can't say viral, but for that level, it was like a thousand, you know, likes or whatever. Totally. Uh, and I was like, okay, there is there is some, uh, you know, someone listening and there, this content is needed. So then you start focusing on the channel that works best for you and growing from there. So really, be patient, be consistent. In my experience, it's minimum 18 months before you start seeing business results. But it is a full-time job. It is a full-time job, but it's something that pays off. Phenomenal ROI, so do it. And in this day and age, you can't afford not to do it.
0: I agree. And most people give up too early yeah. or they get a couple weeks, days, days, not even weeks. <laughs> uh, you know, it's not working. Or uh, they have an idea. They've talked about it. They're going to go do it. They get down the path and they give up before they yeah. even give it a chance to be successful. Man, I we could talk for an hour. I, I love it. I mean, it's just so impressed with you and what you're doing and the impact you're making and the content that you bring. Um, Our audience will be interested in knowing how they can connect with you. How do they learn more from you? How do they follow? How do they get your content, your books, like share some of the different sites and ways that you link to some of our audience.
1: Absolutely. The best way to contact me is through LinkedIn. Um, it's just at Ashley Dudarunok. And my DMs are open if you would like to come and say hi, please do. Um, and then, of course, I'm on uh, recently on Twitter as well. And uh, um, yeah, at any point, you can also shoot uh, Ashley Dudarunok uh, in uh, you know Google and you will see a couple of sites. So I've got a digital agency called Elleries. I've got a consulting company called Chozan. So you can always find my email there and connect. But the best way to follow is really LinkedIn. There's also a YouTube channel under Ashley Dudarinov where every week, um, every two weeks, we also publish videos, like 15 minutes, talking about different um, you know, aspects of digital China, such as last week it was metaverse. And you can, in just 10, 15 minutes, learn more about it. So I wow. do connect on on uh, YouTube as well.
0: You know what, let's have you back on. Um, I knew this would not be a, a one-part show with you. Um, uh-huh. But we need to dive into a couple of those other areas, you know, metaverse right now is one that it's like the latest buzz. And yeah. <laughs> it's also the latest thing that nobody gets in what it is. So um, but there's a couple of those we'd love to have you back on to talk about and uh, man so much fun having you here with us excited for what you're doing impressed. Um, but we definitely want to have you back on maybe the next couple of weeks and months we'll do a part two or part three on some of those specific topics. How's that sound?
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much, Justin, for having me. It was really fun. And uh, yes, let's go get them. Ashley
0: Dudononok. I said it. Uh, It's awesome. Ashley, thanks for being here.
1: Thank you, Justin.
0: The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands.